Come on, everybody. Good morning to you. How are y'all feeling? You good? All right. Thank for all those watching online. We love you guys as well. Come on, church family. Can we welcome those watching online with us as well today? Glad to have you. And uh, man, we are right in the 21 days of prayer for our church, and uh, we're coming into the last week here. It has been absolutely phenomenal and powerful. Uh, Wednesday night, we're, we're having um, our prayer rally nights, uh, Wednesdays at 7 o'clock right here, and then on Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, uh, Wednesday night uh, was our, man, it was absolutely off the hook. It was really, really powerful, but it was the, um, the most uh, attended uh, uh, prayer rally we've had in the history of our church. I mean, this place is almost packed out, just people praying. Can I just tell you something? That's not normal. I'm so glad that I'm not a part of a church that's just normal. Come on. Come on. Listen, a praying, listen, hell fears a praying church. And, uh, and as we continue to come together and pray and seek God, I'm telling you, we're advancing ground for the kingdom. Uh, and we've got a city that we're passionate about reaching. You know, I was thinking about even yesterday, uh, I was telling some of our team this. I just thought it was cool and just goes to show you just the growth and things happening in our church. We had our prayer rally yesterday at 10 a.m. But in the midst of that, then our serve team was out as well in our city. So I just thought, man, just how cool is it to know, man, we've got a bunch of people here praying. And we've got a bunch of people out in the city, uh, you know, just serving and making a difference with their life. And I just think about what God's doing in this season. I'm just telling you, man, our best is right in front of us. But the only thing that's going to shift us and continue to get us in that direction is the power of prayer. So I invite you, if you've not been at a prayer rally yet, you've got two more opportunities this week. And then we wrap it up Wednesday night at 7, 10 a.m. And then Saturday at 10 a.m. And it has just been so, so good. And uh, so proud of so many of you that have been joining us, coming out as we are just, uh, man, just praying and crying out to God. Amen. And so it's been good. Hey, I want to ask you to grab your phones real quick and just kind of unlock that bad boy. And if you don't have the Elevate City app, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Man, go to the app store real quick and get it. Or if you haven't updated it in a while, do that because we've got a brand new app with an incredibly amount of new features, a lot of things. Uh, Gabrielle's done such an amazing job, a creative director helping to do this. We've got a brand new website. We're getting ready to launch soon as well. But the app was first. A uh, couple things about this app. It's incredibly user-friendly. And if you like doing things just digitally, our, our message notes even for all of our messages are now on there. And so you can just... Uh, you can just tap on the icon, and then the, the, the first one that says this Sunday, you can go to that, and it says take notes, and then you can take notes on there. You can email them to yourselves. You can share it out on social media, however you want to do it, or share it with some friends. And so, and then also the giving option that's on there makes it, uh, we, we just really advanced it as well, and so it's incredibly even more safe, secure than, uh, it's always been safe, secure, but we just took another bump up, and uh, so just want to let you know uh, about that as well, and so put that in front of you and uh, and join with us on that. And so we'll, you'll get updates through that uh, as uh, different things are coming up around the church. All right. But let's get into the message. Man, we had a great first service here. We're in the middle of a series that we're calling Passion. Everybody shout passion. passion. All right. I like it. I like it. Romans chapter 12 verse 11 is our theme verse for this uh, series. And it says this, never be lacking in zeal. That word zeal means intense enthusiasm, but keep. Everybody say, but keep. Try it again. Everybody say, but keep. There you go. In, order, in other words, if it's something we need to keep, it has the potential to be lost. 
All right, so it's really important for us to understand that. So God is calling us in this place, and Paul talking to us about keeping your spiritual fervor. That word fervor just means hot, all right, or your spiritual passion serving the Lord. Passion can sometimes be a hard thing to describe, but you, you know it when you see it. Uh, hopefully you know some people in your life that are passionate. And uh, I think about people that are passionate in my life. Passion, I think, is the creative force behind art that you see and, and drama and good architecture and, and, and writing, all those kind of things. But without passion, nothing great happens. Nothing great happens. And so I'm so thankful just even in my life, I had some great examples of just some teachers, coaches, pastors who was filled with passion. And because uh, ain't nothing worse than just being a bump on the law. Come on, somebody. Come on, because how many know you better be passionate? The fact that you're breathing air today uh, means that not only is God not done with you, but you got something you're living for that God's got in front of you. Somebody shout passion. All right, and so that, that's what we're talking about in this series. And so with passion, uh, you, can, you, you cannot sustain greatness without it. And so I've just come today to stir up more passion in you today in Jesus' name. I think what we're seeing, just even in culture, even in Christianity, I think, I think what we need is more passion. I think, you know, I've seen over the last few weeks even uh, of, of pastors, even uh, different ones falling away a little bit from the faith. And I always believe it's got a lot to do with two things that are incredibly important is you've got to have a passionate pursuit of a relationship with God. And, and spending time with him personally. And then you have to have a right theology. In other words, you need to be in the word. A right theology will always lead to a right lifestyle, but you can't do one without the other. You've got to have the combo, all right? And I'm telling you, that'll, that'll send you on just a healthy, healthy path. And so, but it's interesting to, to, to me that, you know, you can be passionate about almost anything, but if you're passionate about Jesus, You'll have some people say, well, you kind of need to tone that Jesus thing down just a little bit. And maybe you've heard people say that. But here's the deal. We learned this two weeks ago. If you missed the message, go check it out. That the creator of passion is Jesus. It's interesting to me when you go read the actual definitions, secular definitions show this, that the origination of passion came from what Jesus did on that cross over 2,000 years ago. Think about that. The origin of passion is Jesus. He is the creator of it and everything. And so live a life with passion, passionate about him and who he is. And so, uh, man, we just, we want to encourage you. And that's just my heart in this series to, man, just to stay in the place of great passion, but stay fired up for the things of God. And I've just got just this conviction in my heart that Christians should be some of the most passionate people on the planet. We need to be, and we need to be leading the way. Amen, everybody? So there's three things I give you a couple weeks I want to just remind us of today that Scripture tells us that we need to be passionate about. The first thing, if you follow along in your notes, you can jot these down. The first thing is God says, I want you to love me passionately. I want you to love me passionately with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Then Scripture tells us very plainly that I want you to serve me passionately. I want you to use what I've placed within you to do and not just sit on them and come to church on the Sunday, but go make a difference in your life and use those gifts and go serve me passionately. And then third is what I'm going to spend a lot of time on today, and that is God says, man, I want you to worship me passionately. Oh, man, worship is one of my favorite, favorite things to do for God, and, and it always reminds me how awesome he is and how problems in my life are, are actually very minimal compared to his greatness. Amen? And so we're going to see some of that. Before we do, I wanted to share at least one scripture, though, because I felt like we did a really good job in the month of July just talking about 
serving passionately. And so I didn't want to re-preach some things that we just shared in the last really three weeks because we've had an amazing summer around here of just serving passionately. When I think about uh, June, <coughs> excuse me, I think about Serve Day and, and how we had around 20 plus different projects in our city. I think about our teams that serve every single week. Can I just tell you it's not normal. It's not normal to be out, and, and I'm so glad and so thankful for a church and a people that understand that the mission is not here within the four walls, but the mission is outside of the four walls, that we just don't talk about it, but we're walking it out. Come on, somebody, amen? And it takes every amazing person that leads those teams and those groups, and we have a lot of selfless people that are living out the gifting and the call of God in their life, and so outreach is happening all of the time, and so... Um, but serving, and I think about that, and people that are serving on Sundays are paving the way. I told first service today, we had those thunderstorms. I don't know if it's still raining now. I wasn't paying attention between services, but it was pouring rain at first services. And, and how many thank God for the ones that serve in our parking lot ministry that hold the umbrellas for when you come in so you don't get wet. Amen, everybody? Thank God for people using their gifts and not just sitting on the sidelines. Amen. And so it's, it's incredibly important that we are, and I'm thankful that we have our growth track, that we have the opportunity to get people plugged in. And, and for them, for those that don't know the gift, to figure out the gift and then go live it out, figure out what that is and their purpose and go make a difference with their life. And so, the, the, listen, this Christian life will never make sense for you and I until we find and discover our purpose. Because Monday will just become Monday if you don't know what your purpose is. But Monday can become a, a different day of the week and a great day of the week when you wake up understanding purpose. When you understand, man, what God has placed in front of me and in you to be able to go into your workplace and know that, man, I'm not just, I'm not just here, but I'm called to be here right now in this season and to go make a difference with my life. Amen? And so I'm thankful for every single dream teamer that serves and that they serve with passion. Serve with passion. Colossians chapter 3, I just want to touch this. It says, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, love the Amplified Version, work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort. In other words, it doesn't matter what you are doing, all right, what kind of job that you have. But God is saying, I want you to do it with passion. I want you to do it well as something done for the Lord and not for men. In other words, when you become a Christian, all right, all of a sudden, here's the shift that takes place, that you're not working for man, that you're doing everything that you do unto the Lord, and that the Lord is, is wanting you to do everything unto him and to do it with passion, knowing with all certainty that is from the Lord, not from men, that you will receive the inheritance, which is your greatest reward. It is the Lord Christ whom you actually serve. And so, you know, our hope is that when people come to uh, Elevate City, that they see and that they feel a church of passion, that they sense that, man, that, that we're passionate about reaching people, not just talking about, passionate about serving, passionate about our giving, come on, passionate about our worship as well, amen? So we want to be a church known for passion and for reaching people for the glory of God. And so I want to spend the next few minutes just talking to you today about what it is to be a passionate worshiper, though. And uh, this is one of my favorite talks, uh, favorite things to talk about, preach about, and um, because this has got everything to do with your personal worship, this has got everything to do with your corporate worship, and worship is something that is very close to the heart of our God, all right? And so, and really today's message is a real cultural message for us, and so I want to really give you kind of what we do, which you kind of experienced that today. How many thank God for our worship team? Amen, everybody. Can I just tell you, uh, I've preached at a lot of churches, and uh, I may be a little bit biased, and I probably am, uh, but uh, we have great worship here. 
And I'm so thankful for the leadership of Kyle and, and the entire team that's, that stands with him each and every week. Come on, y'all thankful for great worship. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, thankful for that. And, and I'm just in the place that, you know, this is something, again, as I shared in the first service, that is near and dear to the heart of our God. And worship, let me say this, isn't a matter of style or tradition, as some may think. I think we've got to understand what Scripture says about worship. And I think there can be some misconceptions about it. And so my heart today is to give you the why behind the what and then give you the how. So why we do what we do, all right, why we clap these bad boys, all right, why we lift our hands, why we sing, all those things. And then even how we do it, because I realize for some of us, this is brand new. And so we want to help you understand the importance of worship. And I'm just telling you, worship has the ability to just change the trajectory of your life. It really does. And so we're going to get into that. And I want to give you really three whys today, three whys of why we worship with passion and in one of these, I'm going to give you the how of it today, all right? So the first one is this. Why do we worship God passionately? It's simply this. Number one, because God asks for it, all right? He asks for us to do this, all right? If you've been a Christian for any length of time, the thing that you've probably grown to understand and come to realize is that the terms of your relationship uh, with God are not set by you, all right? Uh, that, in other words, that we don't negotiate with God. And say, well, God, if you do this, then I'll do this. And if I'll do this if you do this. So there's no negotiation with God. Let me actually say it this way. That it's it's kind of like in a place when you give your life to Jesus, it's like having a blank sheet of paper. And at the bottom of that sheet of paper, your signature's on it, and it's God's job to fill that sheet. All right? In other words, God sets the terms. All right? He sets the terms. And we can't pick and choose in Scripture what we like and what we don't like. All right, now, this can be a real sensitive subject here in 2019, can it? All right, that in other words, what makes us comfortable and what make, may make us uncomfortable, that we are a church that believes God and that we believe in his word, and we're going to uphold the standards of our God. Can the church say a good amen? All right, and here's the deal. Here's, you know, I've seen people in their life, and let me just try to help us with this, because I, I, actually when I was praying yesterday about this, I really felt like God just dropped this in my heart and, and just really showed this to me, is that there's this tension that happens that we try to live for God, but obviously we're in this world that has this corrupt system and ways of doing things. And so there's a statement I want to give you today that I think we just need to remember, and that is simply this, that the Lord cannot be the source of your strength if the world is the source of your value system. So what do you mean, Pastor? I mean this, that if we're constantly in a place that we're asking for God to become our strength, but we, we are uh, allowing the values of this world to really lead our life, then how can God be the source of your strength? Either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. So God is in a place where he wants to be Lord of all. He's not here to, uh, you know, that, the, the famous TV show, Let's Make a Deal. That's not, that's not his heart, all right? His heart is he has set the terms for us. And so all of Scripture Though as we look about this, God wants our attention. He wants our worship. He wants passionate worship. He asks us over and over, and he's given us this expectation of worship. In fact, in your Bibles, there's a book called the Book of Psalms. It's the longest book in your Bible, 150 chapters about the expectation of worship. And I'm just telling you, you got to get a hold of this today. Psalms chapter 150, let's look at this. And it begins this, and it says, praise the Lord. Everybody shout, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary, in his church. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast 
of the ram's horn or a trumpet really is what that is. Praise him with the, the, lyre, the lyre and the harp, which is kind of your guitar bass. Praise him with tambourine dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him. Uh, if you don't like it loud, here's, here's an understanding of your God. He likes things loud. I'm just telling you, all right? Praise with a clash of the cymbals. Watch this. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. All right, and so I've told people all the time, I said, I'm just telling you, God likes it loud. All right, we do have earbuds in the back if you need some of those bad boys. But can I just tell you, it's going to be loud in heaven. Got about six amens. <laughs> if you don't like it loud, you bet. I, I, we're trying to prepare you for heaven, all right? Come on, somebody. All right, I'm trying to get you ready, all right? And so uh, just to let you know, that's not my word, that's his word. He likes it loud, all right? Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. And just in case you forgot, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I love the word praise is the Hebrew word halal, H-A-L-A-L. To show or boast, it means clamorously foolish, to rave or to celebrate. Praise, in other words, isn't a suggestion. It's a commandment. That God is saying, I want you to praise me. I want you to give me worship. I think this, that praise and worship in the Bible uh, looks, I think, a lot like a college football game on Saturday. Anybody out there ready for some college football like me, all right? How many don't care? Just like, I don't care? Okay, all right. Most of you, wow. All right, I'll keep this real short then, all right? I'm a, I'm, I'm a sports guy, man, you know, so I use these analogies from time to time. But, man, you know, Notre Dame football, there's really only one team that you should be rooting for in college, all right, just so you know. I really believe it's the Lord's team. The motto up there at South Bend is God, country, Notre Dame. So just so everybody knows, all right? And um, so we start, we kick off in a couple weeks. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that's, that's good about it is that in college football, you go to a game like that, it's crazy. Irish fans are nuts. We're, we're just crazy. Love our football. And you go to a game, you get a you know, stadium packed with about 80,000 or so people. But, you know, people will come hours way before game time, to tailgate, hang out, have a good time. And then, you know, then we all pack into the stadium. And then, you know, we're cheering for them when they rush on the field. We're cheering for them when they're off the field. Come on, the band's going. It's one of my favorite things. We got, like, the greatest school song in America, too. All right? And so a lot of great things about Notre Dame. And so anyway, and so I'm um, trying to sell you on it, if you can't tell. But anyways, um, so, you know, just think about, you know, the percussion, the drums are playing, and, and they got, all, I mean, all the instruments, everybody's singing at the beginning, beginning of the game, end of the game, all those things. And then, you know, then you've got some of maybe your favorite bands, concerts that you go to, and, and some of y'all, man, you get, you get loud, you're singing, get crazy, you know. And then it's like we come to church, and as we just do one of these, it's just hands in the pocket kind of worship, you know what I mean? I mean, I just saw you out of the football game. Like, bro, your face was painted. Like, you had a letter on your belly. Like, what's up? Like, you can get loud out there, but all of a sudden in here, we just get all stoic. And I'm like, what happened? What happened? I want, I want that guy in here, you know? And, and so here's just a decision I made a long time ago about my relationship with God, that I'm not going to give my favorite football team or my favorite band more praise than my God. Come on, somebody. Uh, okay. Half the room on this side got it. Let me talk to this side real quick. I said, I'm not going to give my team, come on, or band, more praise than my God. Amen, everybody? Come on. Not when he saved me, come on, and provided a way out for my life and freed me and delivered me and set me free. I was headed down a place that wasn't good, but God stepped in and did something on my behalf. He's going to get my praise. He's going to get my worship. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? Man, it's, it's interesting to me. I always thought it funny. I mean, no disrespect, not trying to 
uh, offend anybody when I say this either, but it's always been funny to me when I see churches advertise contemporary worship. Uh, because really what that means is that service is louder than the other services. All right? No disrespect. All right? And so, um, and, and really they have drums in that service and, and, and guitars and all those things. And, and, and so the truth is, though, that's actually really ancient worship. Because it's been happening for thousands of years. It really has. So we're not really worshiping God in a modern way. All right? And what's happening is, is we're following the prescription of the instruction that God has given us and how to worship him. And that's what we're doing. And, and guess what? It comes with passion. It comes with enthusiasm. And it's fun. And I'm just, somebody need to write this down. Church should not be endured. Church should be enjoyed. Come on, everybody. That we should have an expectation. Man, we just always have dreamed of a church that you actually want to show up to on Sunday. And not just hit snooze all the time. It's like, man, I want to get to service. I want to get to Elevate City, see what God's going to do next in our life. Like, we just dreamed of a church like that. And I think there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians today that are enduring instead of enjoying. And it's the heart of God that you and I are in a place that we are enjoying our relationship. I just say this, we're in a great season right now. If you're not enjoying your relationship with God, you need to get to 21 days of prayer. You need to get in an atmosphere of prayer. And, and I'm just telling you, prayer is contagious. It is. Passion is contagious. You get around passionate people that love Jesus, look out. Watch, look at the person next to you say, look out, look out, look out, look out. But the Bible says in the, it's in the presence of God where there is, it's the, the, there is the fullness of joy. Everybody shout joy. joy. And I'm just telling you, church ought to be that way, and we ought to be a passionate people. And I, I realize this, that it may be uncomfortable for some of us. I mean, this is kind of, whoa, kind of new for me. But I used to, you know, when I was growing up in church, we had pews in our church, and I had what I called white-knuckle worship. White-knuckle worship is I grabbed the pew in front of me real hard because... It, was, it wasn't like I just, you know, just raised my hands. You know, I just came out of the womb raising my hands to Jesus. I mean, it took me some time, all right? So I had to, I had to realize how all this worked out. And so I just remember, though, here's the deal. I remember being in that place, white-knuckle worship. I'd hold on, watch everybody. And it was uncomfortable to me clapping and doing all this until I realized a couple things. A, that, man, there's some people that are really passionate about this. Like, this is kind of cool. I'm really kind of uncomfortable about it. But here's the other side of my uncomfortability was I was actually being drawn to it. That God, by his spirit, was drawing me. Because as I began to grow and learn and mature in my relationship with God, I realized worship wasn't about me. It was about what he wanted from me. And if I'm going to worship God like he wants me to worship, then I'm going to do it his way, not my way. Worship isn't about your personality. Again, it's about what he wants from us. And, man, if I have a God that paid the price over 2,000 years ago on that cross, why wouldn't I want to be passionate and give him my best? And give him the worship that's due to him, everybody. Why not? Why not? Come on, everybody. Amen. And so I, I just thought, man, there's something attractive in seeing people worship God. And I was, was I, you know, let me say it this way. Our goal on Sundays is to not make you comfortable. Almost hear a pin drop there. The goal is to honor God. To lift up our voices. To praise him and give him all that we've got to Jesus. He said, I want you to love me with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I want you to worship me and to give your life to me. It's not going to give my favorite band or team more praise than I am my God. And to be real honest, it's not my job to keep you comfortable. That's not what I'm here for. 
My job is to stir you up in Jesus' name. And if necessary, make you uncomfortable if we're actually going to do the work. Come on, pastor. All right, we'll keep going. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how. How do we do it? What are, you know, the why behind the what, how, how do we worship? The first one would be, man, we sing. So why do we do that? The Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 4, sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. Okay, let me just say this to Pastor Matt, I can't sing. I can't sing. It's okay. We won't put you up here on the stage, all right? And so, but listen, it's not about whether you can sing or not. It's just about lifting up your voice to him because he wants to hear your, 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 your voice. So many times in Scripture that God is challenging and encouraging us, open up your mouth. So many times. I don't have time today to show all of it, but there's a lot of moments in Scripture. And so, because people would say, well, he knows my thoughts. He does, but there's something about you opening up your mouth and declaring and praying and asking him for it. I mean, when I'm with my wife, with Bethany, I just don't, you know, you know when I'm at home, I just don't expect her to read my mind. I mean, it would be weird. That would be a really dysfunctional relationship. Hmm. Hmm. You know what I mean? It just. I didn't do that in first service. It was free. All right. And so here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. You got to open up your mouth. And he wants you to open up your mouth. You got to get comfortable with talking with him and praying and worshiping him. Tell him this is good. Here's the other thing. We clap our hands. Come on. Can we just practice for Jesus today? Put them bad boys together. Come on. Give Jesus a hand. Good. Good. Bible says it in Psalm 47.1. Clap your hands, all ye people. So he wants you to take them bad boys and put them together. He likes it. He likes it. So if he likes it, I'm going to do it. Listen, we don't just clap when something great has happened. We clap before the storm, during the storm, after the storm too. Amen, everybody. Put them bad boys like, I don't get, listen, I'm freaking out. I don't have a clue how it's all going to work out. But my God will somehow move on my behalf in Jesus' name. I'm not going to trust in me. I'm going to worship the king who sees the end from the beginning. All I've got to continue to do is lean into my relationship and trust him and worship him. I'm not worshiping my circumstance. I'm worshiping my God who can shift that circumstance for my good in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Then it says this, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on. Reason why we shout, reason why we lift our voice, because he says to. I don't shout uh, just after the battle's won. I'm shouting again before it, during it, and when he's, when he's good, because he's good all the time. And so he's, because he's good all the time, whether I'm going through it, the beginning and the middle, man, I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to clap these bad boys. I'm going to shout for the battle in my life belongs to the Lord. It may not even be a battle. We just need to shout because he's good. Oh, yeah, it, just because of how good he is and how faithful he is for us. Everybody shout passion. passion. All right, this is one that will make some uncomfortable. Why do we dance? Like, I see that worship team up here. Come on, they're kind of getting with it. That Pastor Kyle Gardner, man, got some moves. Yeah, he does. Not bad for a boy from Arkansas, right? And so, and, you know, so you see some of the other singers up here, man, they, they move. I love it. I love, might be a jump, you know, might be, I don't know, I'm not going to try to do it. I'm not real good at dancing. But my God, move. <laughs> move a little bit. The Bible says this, let them praise his name with dancing, Psalm 149. Man, it's, 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 for some, it's like, do you have a pulse? Like, are you breathing? You know, like, move a little bit, you know. Move a little bit. And, and just relax, all right. Let me say this. 
You know, for some of us that see real passionate worship from people in here in all three services, because there's some, there's, there's different people from time to time uh, that I just, man, they just bless my heart when they worship God. You want to know why? Because I know their story. And I know the hell that they've come out of. And you want to know why they worship with passion and why they jump and why they're clapping and lifting these hands towards God? Because of what he's brought them out of. Because they're not back in that darkness where they were. God's brought them into the light. Come on, amen? So when you see somebody like, it's like they in the club. Well, they probably just got out of the club. Relax. I'm serious, man. And their worship is pure worship because they crossed the line of faith. Because that's who we're reaching, everybody. Amen, everybody? And I'm telling you, man, this, this dance part for some of us, this is like, oh, pastor, you had me until there. It's kind of over the top. I might become Pentecostal if that's the case. You know what I'm saying? Now, here's the deal. You'll, you'll be a Christian if you do it, all right? When you worship God in that way, you're a Christian, all right? So I don't have great moves. Maybe I should get somebody up, somebody up here and illustrate it for you. I don't know, but no, okay, all right. And so, um, but, you know, I just put these bad boys. I mean, sometimes I jump. Sometimes I just kind of, you know, I just sway. I don't know, you know, but I just kind of do my thing. It's, it's me and God, and that's the way I dance, all right? But move a little bit. Everybody say move. <laughs> the other, other part is why do we lift our hands? Why do we lift our hands? I love this. This is one of my favorite parts of worship, First Timothy 2. Therefore, I want the men, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands. All right, let's, let's practice this one together. Some of you probably won't do it. Don't be mad at me. All right, here we go. Hands up, everybody. Can we do that together? Man, look at that. That's awesome. And don't feel silly, all right? Here's what this is. This is a real posture of worship and surrender to God, all right? This is a moment, I'm telling you, when I realized, listen, I was in white-knuckle worship, and when I, when I finally got from white-knuckle worship, and, and I, hold on, hold on, I'm, 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 some of y'all are getting tired already. Say, like, Pastor, Pastor, please, all right, I'm gonna be quick. Here we go. So I did that white-knuckle worship, and then one day, finally, I lifted, I, went, I started like here, it's kind of like, then I got two, then I went here, all right? And so, but here's the deal that you need to know, is what I begin to realize is that nobody cared that I lifted up my hands, and nobody was looking at me. And all of a sudden, I realized, worship's not about me, it's about the king. Come on, somebody. Come on. It's not about me. Quit being too cool for school. Worship the Savior. We've got so much. Man, again, the fact that you are breathing air is the very fact why you ought to give him some worship today. I'm so glad today he woke me up. He could have decided to call me home today, but he said, nope, not done with you yet. I'm so glad that I wake up today and say, nope, we got another day to live. We need to quit having this negative outlook on life and start saying every day is an opportunity. And we, that's why we need to come together to understand. And again, thankful for Growth Track in this church. It's helping people understand their giftings, their calling, their purpose to go live it out and make a difference. Because we realize as a church, our primary focus is not for just those in here. Our primary focus is for, for, for those out here, outside of these four walls. The ones that are not here yet. Amen? And so here's the last one. Why do, we, why do we raise our voices in prayer together? This is such a powerful one. Acts 4.24, it says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together to prayer to God. So it means everybody in the church in one accord raised their voices. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth to see everything in them. You know, it's amazing when the pastor says, let's pray. I've seen this throughout churches. Everybody's just like immediately, 
I'm just kind of, is it done? You know what I mean? I remember the hand lifting thing. My pastor back in the day, he'd say, lift up your hands. So we'd lift them up. And man, he'd have like an hour-long prayer. My pastor, I can only, whoo, struggles real, pastor. Can't lift them up that long. But, but nonetheless, God says, I want you to raise your voices up to me together. And, and I encourage us to understand. This is, this is really powerful. I, I taught a little bit of this on Wednesday night. Because prayer is more than a mental ascent. It's more than that. It's a conversation with you, God. It's together praying out loud. Let me give you an illustration, all right? So here's what I need you to do to help me, all right? Here's what I do. On the count of three, here's what I'd love for you to do is to say your first and last name, your address, city, state, zip code, okay? On the count of three. Some of you are like, I don't think I want the person next to me known. Okay, didn't just make up a street name. I don't care what you do, all right? So just, just say it, all right? On the count of three, all of us in one accord. You with me? All right, let's do it. One, two, three, everybody go. Excellent. Now, let me tell you. Let me tell you why I had you, had you do that. Because that's what corporate prayer should sound like. So it's not just me praying, but you joining and praying and believing together for God to move. Amen? Here's the second reason why we worship God passionately is because of what he's done. Come on. Because of what he's done. Think about all the things that he has done. You may see that person that's passionate in their worship here, that's worshiping God in such a passionate way. And, and the truth is, for someone, you know, like, like, like him, he, you know, he, he lost his marriage. He was addicted to cocaine and heroin. He was in prison for many years, came out of prison, got saved, gave his heart to Jesus, started coming to church, and he worships passion. By the way, that's a true story of one of our men here in our church. And you wonder why he worships God with passion. Because God brought him out of all of that hell and saved him and now has turned his life around. Where God is restoring his life, restoring his relationship with his kids that he lost. And God is doing a miracle in his life. That's why people get passionate about worshiping the king. So, that, you know, if you wonder, say, man, they're passionate. You know, you never know somebody's story. Amen, everybody. And so here's what I want to ask you <coughs> in the last couple minutes that I have. Think about this too. Is what, what are some things that God has done for you? What do you think about that? The good things that God has done for you. And then my follow-up question is, are you worshiping him in proportion to what he's done for you? And that's not a question between you and me. That's a question between you and God. All right? The Bible says in Luke 19, it was the whole crowd of disciples burst into, look at this, enthusiastic prayer over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Blessed is he who comes, uh, the king in God's name. All's well in heaven, glory in the high places. And here's, here comes the religious folk. Some Pharisees from the crowd told him, teacher, get your disciples under control. Too much passion. Too much worship. Mm -mm. And I just love what Jesus said. Man, if they kept quiet, if they kept their mouths shut, then the stones would do it for them. The stones would cry out. Man, I am not going to let some rock take my place and praise God. Man, I'm going to give God all the praise that he deserves because he has delivered me. He has set me free, everybody. Come on, he has freed me. He's written my name in heaven, everybody. That's why I'm going to give him the worship that's due to his name because he deserves it. And here's the final thing this morning, and that is this. We worship God with passion because worship changes everything. It really does. I want to give you something today 
Just very practically, just to, just to write this in, find some margin in your notes and write this in that really is a tool for your spiritual toolbox that you need. This is for both personal and corporate worship. And here it is. That is this. You need to begin a habit of worshiping God every day. Listen, it doesn't have to be long, all right? But man, just getting on your knees, lifting up your hands, and worshiping the king. Worshiping and calling on his name, all right? Before you have to make a decision, maybe there's, you're facing decisions today. Can I say, sir, ma'am, young person, worship him first. Get the mind of Christ before you get emotional or, or try to operate on some kind of feeling. Operate under the wisdom of heaven and worship the king. Come on, if you're stressed out and think, you don't know what's, what's gonna happen this week or maybe it was a report at the doctor, can I just say, worship him. Get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Off this world and eyes on him. Guys, there's so many distractions that are out there that keep us from God's presence. Come on, we've got to shut the door to the distractions. And corporately, I'm just telling you, this is why I love when we come together on Sundays is when we worship. Here's the thing that we need to understand is that we're not just coming together to have church on Sundays. My prayer is that when you come to church on Sundays, that you come with an expectation of what's God gonna do next in me? God, what do you wanna say to me today? What is it that you wanna do in my life? That we come here with an expectation that we are going to experience and encounter the presence of Almighty God. So I wanna leave you with something today. And I would say whatever is stopping you from being a passionate worshiper, and leave that at home. I remember in some of my hardest days before we moved here, just work in corporate America. I mean, I'd take lunches, go in my car some days and just flip on some worship music. And by the way, we've got a Spotify playlist. If we need to, I, I thought we made it, I think we made it available on social media. If we didn't, we'll put it out this week. If you need just worship stuff or maybe new stuff, man, we'll put it out. You can follow us on there. All right, it's free to you. And I'm just encouraging you in those hard moments for me, man, I would just go and worship. Worship and worship, keep my focus on him. So I wanna end with this verse in Ezekiel. This is actually an Old Testament pattern. This is so powerful, don't miss this today. For what God wants to do in his church today. And I'm not saying this is what we, what we, what we need to do. I want you to see the symbolism in this. It's symbolic and there's a healthy pattern. Watch this, Ezekiel 46 says, when the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed festivals, whoever's in, whoever enters by the north gate to worship is to go out of the south gate. Whoever enters by the south gate is to go out of the north gate. Look at this, watch this. No one is to return through the gate by which they entered, but each is to go out the opposite gate. Pastor, what does this mean? Here's the thought, that we should never leave the same way that we came in. Man, I feel God. That for, listen, God will always meet you at your level of expectancy. There's not a Sunday that goes by for me personally but I'm ready for God to do something new, to say something new, because I am so desperate for his presence. I need God every day, not just on Sunday. I need him every day of my life. I'm so desperate for him. And I'm just telling you, guess what? If you came in stressed, you can leave free today. If you came in with anger, you can leave free today. Come on, somebody. If you came in worried, you can leave free today. I'm gonna lift up the banner of righteousness and get my eyes on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, if you believe it, give God a hand and stand up to your feet today. Come on. Come on, just 
Bow your head where you're at. I want to pray, and then we're going to we're going to practice a little bit what we heard today. Just bow your head right now if you would. Father, we love you so much. And Lord, I know you're doing something. This month of August has been a powerful month. 21 days of prayer. God, even through this series. God, I'm asking you to stir up passion within us. Stir it up. Stir up the fire of God. Stir up God. Lord, where there's been distractions, or maybe we've just been going through the motions, God, I pray in Jesus' name, forgive us. We are desperate for your presence. We are desperate for more of you. Lord, I pray, John 3.30 over us, that we would become less and less, and that you would become greater and greater. I want to give you an opportunity right here. If you don't know Jesus, I don't want you to hesitate today. If you don't know him, I want you to lift your hand in just a moment. Listen, if you're in a place today that maybe you haven't been pursuing God and he hasn't been first place, I'm telling you, the Bible says today's the day of salvation. This is your moment right here. Come on and call on the name of the Lord. If that's you, one, two, three, lift your hand real high. Say, man, that's me. That's me. Yeah, hands all over. Awesome, guys. Proud of y'all. Proud of y'all. Proud of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stir passion up. Yeah, more hands are going up. I love it. I love it. Come on, I'm leading you in a prayer. We're getting ready to worship the king here. Come on. God is doing something. I hope and I pray you feel it. Just say this. Come on, everybody with me, with all those that raise their hands. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior. Fuel me with passion in Jesus' name.